Hey everyone, thanks for joining us today on O-Face Wrestling. This is your host, JT, and today I am joined by Jordan Blaze. So thanks for joining us today, Jordan. Hey, thank you for having me on. I'm super stoked. Me too. I mean, I, I like I mentioned before the recording, I've seen you live before. I was really impressed with your match. And, you know, it's it's not that often where I get wrestlers on my show that I've actually seen live, majority of them. You know, I've yet to get the opportunity to see wrestlers. I think this is a pretty uh, cool opportunity for me. Yeah, man. I, like I said, I'm excited to be on. I've, you know, seen you do other podcasts with, uh, you know, other talent. And so I'm just honored to to be in the same, on the same podcast as them. Yeah, uh, that's the funny thing is because I, I like, um, like I mentioned, I've seen you at Primetime Wrestling. I've had a decent amount of wrestlers from that show on here. And it's like, it was really slow at first because when I first started getting wrestlers on the show, it was two wrestlers a month. And then my list that I had just kept growing and growing. So I was like, you know what? I need to start adding more wrestlers each month to catch up because it just it just gets overwhelming. Like you have no – well, actually, I don't want to say you have no idea because I know you have an idea. There's thousands of wrestlers out there, and I just keep discovering new, you know, wrestlers every single month. So it's just like I feel like I just have to kind of amp it up just to like to catch up and get you all on the show. Yeah, of course. And, I mean, like I – don't run a podcast so I can only imagine like how you know how much you know time and energy it must be to like but like you know contact these people and then coordinate times and try to edit things and all that like I could not do that I literally just go out there like in my semi underwear and like get beat up for however many minutes and then go home and that's it See, I, I, what you do is a lot more tough, tougher than what I do. Like, and, and I'll be honest with you, it's actually not really that hard. I mean, all the editing stuff that I do is very simple. It takes me like 20 minutes to put together an episode. It's just, it's just more so coordinating the times and stuff like that, Get finding something that works best for both of us. Because the unfortunate thing with me is I have to be up at 4 a.m. for work. So I try not to do anything like too, too late. So that's like the only challenge for me. Um, Luckily with you, you know, this is kind of earlier in the day, so I have no problem with that. So that, I think that's great. That works for me. Sweet. So now with the questions, um, the most generic question you probably get asked, but, you know, I, I got to have this on my show. And, you know, so um, what inspired you to become a professional wrestler? Man, so I started, I say, like, oh, I was three or four or whatever um i started watching wrestling when i was 12 so kind of past the point where um you know i guess for most kids like the magic's gone or whatever because you know we're grown at 12 right um and you know kids at that point start realizing like wrestling's quote fake so um but i got into it like a little late and i just remember being over a couple of my friends house um and they had um a little brother and he had smackdown on and I was like, what is this? And I was like, from then on, I was just captivated. And so like they had a trampoline in their backyard. So I would just like go on the trampoline and do like wrestling moves to mainly their little brother, not them, but their little brother, cause he was light and everything. Um, and I, there was something there that at 12 years old, I was like, I want to do that. Like, obviously at that point I played basketball since I was like six years old. Um, and I had, you know, dabbled in other sports, you know, like karate or whatever. Um, but wrestling was the first, well, I shouldn't say first, let me not 
lie. I wanted to be a basketball player at that point. Um, so, but wrestling was just, it, like I said, it captivated me, you know, right then. Um, so, and it, it was something that I couldn't like get off of my mind. Like I would think about wrestling all the time. Like we had binders and stuff in, um, in middle school and in high school, but mainly in middle school. And, you know, at the time, like everyone was kind of decorating their binders with different things. Like, you know, my friends would probably put like Kobe Bryant on there, RIP, um, or, you know, other basketball players or like, like teen heartthrobs or whatever. I had like wrestling on every single binder, like, and some of them were themed and I put a lot of work into them too. Like wasting my mom's printer ink and stuff like that. <laughs> like just printing pictures of like uh, Team Extreme and John Cena and, you know, everyone, Rey Mysterio, Eddie Guerrero, and, you know, putting them on my, on my binder. But like out to the point where I was clearly like obsessed with it. Um, and I probably still in middle school, I had made my mom a PowerPoint presentation of different wrestling schools that I wanted to go to, like, did my research and everything. And I was like, mom, like, I really want to do this. And like, I'll be really good. And like, I, already, I always had good grades and stuff like that. Um, I was like, I'll do whatever you want. Like, it's like, you're gonna have to pay for it, but I'll do whatever you want. Like, other than that. Um, and it was funny, because my stepdad at the time was like, Oh, it's just a phase, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, I look at him now too, like, uh, and I, you know, I kind of make fun of him. I'm like, do you think it's still just a phase or whatever? Because he's calling me uh, last month. He was like, hey, I'm at this Barnes and Noble at whatever Barnes and Noble he was. And I can't find the PWI that you're in. <laughs> I was like, is it the Barnes? Are you at the Barnes and Noble on like wherever it was? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, oh, yeah, I bought them all. Like, <laughs> I was just there earlier today. Like, I think earlier that day or the day before. And I, I bought like all of them. Um, and I was like, you'll probably have to go to another one. I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, so I, every time I see him, I like, make fun of him or whatever. Cause I'm like, is it still just a phase, you know? Um, but yeah, that's kind of like the genesis of how it started. Yeah. I think that's pretty interesting. Cause like, like you said, like it is very common for, you know, you know, a kid, you know, middle school, high school, they, they go through that phase. I did the same thing. I wanted to be a baseball player. Obviously when I got older, I realized, Hey, this is kind of hard. You know, it, it ain't easy to get into like professional athletic sport. Um, especially wrestling because you don't have like, you don't have like a wrestling class at your school. I mean, not like this kind of wrestling, obviously, but like you have to venture off and find the schools. And if you're lucky, it's, some semi nearby and stuff like that so it, it is very challenging um and like the one you know thing that is really annoying for any wrestling fan I'm sure wrestlers as well as when people use the word fake like that is like it is the most offensive word you could ever use <laughs> to a wrestling fan like because yeah the matches are you know choreographed and fixed but like you're really putting your body on the line you know taking bumps and all that and people don't realize unless you actually go to a, a live event, how loud it really is. I growing up, I thought it was like padding on the ring, you know, it's wood right under there, you know, it's, it's very loud. And I could just imagine like, I see wrestlers that be taking bump after bump after bump each and every match, you know, and I like, I, if I took one bump, I would probably not be able to get up, you know, like it, it's, you know, you, you know, everyone says you have to develop that callus, and obviously it just doesn't happen after a few matches. It takes, you know, time and all. 
But yeah, like I think that's really impressive that you actually put together like a PowerPoint and all to convince your, you know, mom for you. Like I've never heard that one before, and I think that's really great. Like that just shows how dedicated you are. Cause like, you know, when I wanted to be a baseball player, I didn't do anything like that. I I just played baseball, and that was kind of it. Um, then my mom always kind of like, you know, was that person. Oh, you know how hard it is to do that. You know, yada yada yada. But it's really cool that you know you're doing it and I think that's great so that being said um so far in your wrestling career what is some of your most proudest moments true um so definitely you know being the first ever primetime tag team champions with Eel Eel O'Neal my bro um man I think the end of my 2020 was, you know, I said this before um, to someone else, like my 2020 was like heavy, like bookendish. Like the first part of 2020, like January to March was great. And then obviously, you know, the pandemic hit or whatever. And m- like most pro wrestlers found themselves out of work as far as, you know, wrestling goes. And then I had maybe like one match late in the summer and that was it. And then November, December was super great for me. Um, So I would say like my match with Trisha Dora um, at Synergy Pro Wrestling, um, that was, that's probably my favorite match so far. And the match that I'm most proud of, you know, I, I look back at a lot of my matches and I cringe and I think that's a lot of pro wrestlers because I mean, we're our own worst critics. Right. So, um, I'm like, I, I don't watch it or like I, I did this, this and this wrong. You know, I, I don't even want to like watch it back. But that match I watched back and I was really proud of it. And um, I like I did that match on like three hours of sleep because the day before I was at Paradigm. So I was Paradigm Pro Wrestling. So I was in Indiana and that was kind of my first like, you know, kind of like doing the drives, you know, as they say, um, for for wrestling so that paradigm we did like we taped for i was there for like 10 hours and we finished up at like 1 a.m my flight on saturday was at 6 a.m so i went back to the hotel got like a three-hour nap or you know got back shower got like a three-hour nap had to be at the airport by like 4 30 and then my flight's at 6 30 i got back to richmond and I would like enough time to like eat, take care of the animals, pack, like unpack and repack, and then you know drive up to you know Pennsylvania uh, for energy. So like that whole weekend, like I was proud of just because it was giving me so so much anxiety about like being away and you know you know essentially going into the negative you know for you know a dream that could potentially be fleeting but there's a lot of like what ifs and like you know is what i'm doing right and deep down obviously i knew that i know that was the case you know because wrestling has been my dream for my 28 so like 16 years i've been that metric um so like I've known that long I want to do, and I obviously know the sacrifices. Um, and my wife is everything. You know, when I was like, "Hey, should I do this?" She's like, "Yeah, why not? Like, what, like, tell me what you need for me, and I got you." You know. Um, so, like I said, that whole weekend, I was just like super proud of that. Um, 
but yeah, I'm sure there's things. Oh, obviously, and being in PWI, um, that was pretty cool. So I'm sure there's things I'm, I'm missing, but that's off the top of my head right now. So. Yeah, definitely being a part of, you know, the PWI, that's, you know, a really big deal. That is the number one wrestling um, magazine in the world, at least from my knowledge. And I know it's definitely like, it's a big deal being on that. And I think that's really cool. And like you were just talking about, like, you know, how like great, you know, the first, well, kind of the first, that first quarter, I guess you say of 2020. And then, you know, the pandemic hit, that was, um, that, that was a really, you know, low point with wrestling because obviously a lot of people were out of work and stuff like that. And I remember because I had just started kind of going to indie shows regularly, like late in 2019. So it seems like right when, you know, I got into this, you know, the pandemic happened and everything like that. And it, it, it depends on the area you um, live into because some, you know, because I live in Maryland. So there has been no wrestling for almost a year. No, nothing in Maryland. I don't even think anything in DC, which you know where primetime was at. And and that's just very unfortunate because like primetime, that was, I, out of all the events I've been to, that was the one I enjoyed the most. It was just the crowd was just, you know, they were on fire the whole, the whole show. It was like the most diverse, you know, wrestling, air, you know, environment I've ever been in and it was you know such a great feeling you know being there and just seeing how happy everyone was no one was chanting anything ignorant you know everyone was just having a great time and you had also mentioned with like the traveling and all is that something that you do regularly or do you kind of like stay in kind of uh the kind of like the same area usually um so something that I've always wanted to do um and I knew when I first started like the areas that I wanted to go to because I mean you know they're the hot spots right so the northeast uh the midwest uh certain parts of north and south carolina florida um and like texas california so those are kind of the kind of the spots for me and so just recently, I've been able to kind of break into the Northeast a little bit more um, and the Midwest. So I'm like, cool, that's like two of the areas where, you know, wrestling's hot right now. Like the Midwest, especially Indiana, um, really like Indiana and Illinois, kind of that area um, that's, you know, popping right now. And then the Northeast, at least since I've been a fan of wrestling, has always been unfortunately it's not anymore and it hasn't been for a while and that's unfortunate because obviously I'm, I'm from here and and it's not so much that I man like I wish we had more wrestling in the mid-Atlantic so I wouldn't have to drive so far it's, but it's like and I'm sure you know like your friends find out oh, oh you're a wrestler whatever when can I come see you and it's like so the closest I'm wrestling is DC or the closest I'm wrestling is Maryland and they don't want to cross the border <laughs> so and I, I i get it i don't take it personally or whatever um so you know when your friends and family want to come see you that's when it kind of at least for me i know you know makes the difference and it's i mean there's nothing like getting that you know hometown pop you know so um that's really the only reason why i'm just like man i wish the mid-atlantic was how you know as far as how you know popping it was for wrestling like it was like in the 80s and stuff um but it's it's just not it's just not um 
and it makes me sad, but you know, it is what it is. So if I have to travel to the Northeast, if I have to travel to the Midwest, you know, wherever I gotta go, um, you know, with me, I, one of my goals is to make um, British wrestling is kind of one of, it's that, that's my, you know, obviously other than technical wrestling, jujitsu, but you know, British wrestlers and British wrestling is, you know, the closest to, you know, what I would do um, in the ring. So, I mean, that's one of my goals is to, to get over there. So if, if my coach Chris Sharp is listening to this, uh, let me see. Your <laughs> oh, Chris was, he wasn't my first trainer, but um he kind of stepped in when I was at a point where I was at a plateau, in a plateau, at least uh, in my opinion. Um, he, I think, I don't know where he was, but he had moved back um, to Virginia and, you know, he was kind of just trying to, you know, figure out where to go from there and stuff. And one of my boys, Timmy Danger, hit him up and was like, hey, got this group of people who are wrestling in a barn in the middle of nowhere. Uh, like, you should come up. And from then on, he just kind of, you know, took us under his wing and stuff like that. So he trained us for about, I would say like a year, year and a half. Um, and then he, he got signed as a referee to WWE NXT UK. Um, so he is over there doing his thing and I'm super proud of him. Well, that would be really cool if you were able to travel to the, you know, the UK then, because then you would obviously be able to, you know, reconnect with him over there and stuff like that. Um, it, it seems like, you know, wrestling in the UK, um, a lot of wrestlers, you know, that it seems to be one of their big goals. And I understand why, because it's, a you know, a completely new environment. You know, of course, traveling to the UK in general must be like a really fun thrill, you know, getting to see some of the things down there. Um, I've had two wrestlers from the UK on my show, and it's just like hearing their stories, you know, about the wrestling in the UK. It's, it's really like a really fun environment down there. Everyone seems really nice as well, too, which is cool. The one thing that you mentioned, too, about, like, you know, when it comes, like, the venture off a little further, you know, you may not have friends or family who are willing to, you know, make that travel, which is understandable, you know, traveling can be very stressful, but the one good thing about nowadays, though, is, you know, the, the thing that seems to get be getting really, really popular in wrestling with the indies is streaming. A lot of these independent promotion, promotions are streaming now, and I think that's really cool. You know, you got the Title Match Network is one of the the big streaming network. So it, it does give people that opportunity to still see you wrestle. Um, it's obviously better seeing them in person live, but it, you know, it, there is that opportunity as well. And, um, and like you mentioned that like some areas are more popular than others when it comes to wrestling. I noticed like New Jersey and the New York area, that seems to be like always popping off with wrestling. That seems just like, it's a gold mine for wrestling of Texas. I, I never knew how big of a state, you know, a wrestling state Texas was, you know, um, and that, and me as a fan, that's actually one of my goals to go up to Texas and watch wrestling. I'm a big fan of mission pro. So I really would love to go to one of their shows as well. Yeah, man. Um, cause I know, you know, mission pros down there. Um, so that's, you know, one of the shows that I want to, um, eventually get on a few of my friends are, you know, wrestling down there and stuff. um, but yeah, I didn't real. I don't think I realized until a couple of years ago how big you know wrestling in Texas was. I mean, obviously, you know Booker T has his gym down there, um, 
So, you know, not trying to discredit him at all. Um, but you like, at least for me, I know I didn't think about Texas. I know again from the, from the get go for me, when I started, I was like Northeast, Northeast, Northeast. Um, and that was, that was about it, you know, until I kind of learned about, about everything. So. Yeah. And like, um, for me, like when I got back into wrestling in 2010, I had no idea there was really wrestling outside of WWE period. And then, then I found out about impact and then I found out about MCW. So I was like, wow. And you know, the smaller wrestling promotion and then MCW, I thought that was one of the very few for the longest time. And then when I really started dipping into like, you know, indies, you know, in 2019, I was like, wow, they got here, here, here. It's everywhere. And it's, it, it is insane how, you know, popular it really is and everything like that. So um, now I got another question for you. Now, this is kind of one of those, like, if you had either like a friend or family member who was getting into wrestling, what would be the most important thing that you would want them to know about getting into the wrestling business? Most important thing. Oh, man. Um, find your best friend because unfortunately in wrestling and a lot of other venues too into the entertainment industry in general um you know and in real life like you're gonna have your people who say they're your friends and they're just trying to use you to get a leg up and you know they may backstab you or whatever also wrestling can be very um it can get you down sometimes. Um, I I don't like using the word depressed because you know there you know people out here with actual clinical depression and stuff like that. Um, but wrestling has gotten me to points where you know at most like I was just very sad, down on myself, thought that no one was paying attention, thought that I wasn't any good, and I go through those you know that flux of emotions every. My friends and I joke about it maybe like once a month or something. Um, and you kind of need those people to kind of bring you out of that. Um, and, you know, I would say as far as best friends in wrestling, again, other than, you know, my bro, Eel, um, my two best friends in wrestling are Erica, Erica Lee and Sledge Gibson. And I know a lot of people don't know who Sledge Gibson is, um, but he so I've trained with Erica and I trained with Sledge as well. And Sledge, in my opinion, is underrated. Um, he he doesn't think he's as good as he is, which is like you know a staple of my personality, right? Um, but I I just think the world of him and I think he's very talented. Um, but anyway, it's neither here nor there. Um, but I, I would say get, and it's not going to happen right away, but like find those people that you gravitate to, especially if you're, um, you know, you're going to wrestling school, which is another thing I would say, find a credible, a credible <laughs> wrestling school. And I know it's hard, um, you know, to find those because more often than not, um, you don't have those credible wrestling schools. You just kind of have like a little haphazard, you know, kind of makeshift wrestling school where they're all they're interested in is taking your money and they don't care 
whether you succeed or not, they just are like, you know, first of every month, all right, 200 bucks, where is it? Or, you know, however many thousand dollars up front or whatever. Um, so I would say, you know, do you, I know this is two things. You said one, but there's <laughs> uh, no problem at all. But definitely do your research. Um, you know, Monster Factory is great. You know, where Danny Cage is, Nightmare Factory is great. Booker T's gym is uh, great. Um, Hybrid Wrestling School, that's in San Antonio. Um, they're great. Um, I can't remember the name of their school, but Chris Silvio and Matt Saito have a wrestling school down in Florida. I think it's in Clearwater. Um, they're great. So, you know, like I said, do do your research so, you know, you don't get scammed because people unfortunately prey upon people who don't know what they're doing um, and get into something, you know, they prey upon people who, oh my God, it's been my dream since I was X years old to do this. And they just take your money and don't really do anything with you. Yeah. And like the, the sad thing is I've heard that a lot from, you know, a lot of wrestlers on the show and it's like, I shouldn't, I shouldn't hear that that much, but the fact that, you know, you're hearing it so much, there's a lot of people out there scamming, you know, people and taking their money. And that's just really sad that it's the kind of world we live in. But uh, I know, like I, I've heard of um the Monster Factory, I've heard of them. I think that's isn't it in New Jersey? Yep, Paulsboro. Okay, yeah, I know um a few of the wrestlers from the Goddesses of War event that I've been to. They posted about that. Um, obviously like reality wrestling. I've heard tons of good things. I feel like half of the wrestlers I've had on my show have been through that school, which is you know a okay. good thing. You know Booker T seems like a really dope guy. Um, I've heard um some good things about Ember Moon School as well. I've had you know um a wrestler that she's gone through that school as well so I know that's another good school um I my one friend actually she went through the MCW school and she wrestles for them she's you know said good things about that school as well um uh, sorry what was that Can you repeat that? You broke up a little bit. I'm sorry, my bad. I was like, I'm sorry. I was like, I totally forgot MCW. MCW is great too. Yeah, they are. They are a good school. Um, from what I've heard, and you know, um, knowing someone firsthand and went through it, you know, I, I definitely, you know, take her, you know, opinion as credible. So now I got a hot question for you. It's something I kind of am trying to do with my questions or my shows. So you had mentioned that you originally wanted to be a basketball player. So I have to ask. Who's better, LeBron or Michael? Sure. Okay, in their primes? In their prime. In their primes. I got to go LeBron. LeBron. By, what about by, as a whole career, like everything combined? I got to this is, go. This is actually this is a hot question. Dang. Okay, all right. As a whole career... As a whole career, Michael, just for what he did for basketball, and I'm not saying that LeBron didn't do anything or hasn't done anything for basketball. He's done a ton of stuff. Um, and this made – I think it depends on who you ask, obviously, but, like, depends as in how old they are and where they grew up. Like, you, you do have your hardcore basketball fans – that are going to know the whole career of Michael, even if they weren't alive when he was in his prime or even when he played or whatever, right? But they're alive. Career, you know. 
But for the most part, like if you talk to someone who was just alive or just cognitive, like for LeBron's run or whatever, they would probably say LeBron, right? Um, but I mean, and you always have your goats, right? But I feel like Michael paved the way for LeBron, but you also have that passing of the torch type thing. I think Michael passed the torch to Kobe and then Kobe kind of passed the torch to LeBron. Exactly. And that's kind of the one thing that's always bothering me because people are always like, oh, MJ or LeBron. And I'm thinking like, why isn't anyone talking about Kobe? Like this guy was a beast as well. Like I, I definitely put him up there in that conversation. Um, but like, yeah, like the one thing with Michael is, you know, he – he did it with one team. And I think that's the thing that kind of hurt LeBron when, when people make the debate, they say, Oh, he jumped here. He jumped there kind of thing, especially with Miami, you know, he, he jumped to that super team and that's when he first won. Um, I, I've, I haven't been into basketball like I was back when I was like in middle school. So I can't really say how much like he like carried like the Lakers, but I do know like with Miami, he had great, you know, a great supporting cast, stuff like that. I, I do like that he did go back to Cleveland and win a championship there. You know, yeah. I, that was something that really – he definitely gained a lot of respect from me from that because I was always one of those, Michael's better, Michael's better. What are you all, you know, talking about? Yeah. But when he finally went back to Cleveland, I thought that was great. Yeah, and I would have said this thing maybe like a few years Michael's better. And I feel like – I feel like overall it might just be – Apple, you know, comparing apples to oranges. Um, and I haven't been into basketball since I was in middle school either. Like I, and I, I'm more of a fan of college sports um, than professional sports. Like when I was in middle school, I wanted to go to Tennessee to play uh, for the volunteers to be coached by Pat. So, um, I mean, dang, rest in peace to her too, man. Um, that was, I think that was a sad one when she passed. And obviously, you know, Kobe last year was, was um, rough. I remember I woke up from a nap. And of course, when you wake up, first thing you do is check social media, right? And I'm groggy and I'm like, what? Why is everyone saying, you know, RIP Kobe? I'm like, what in the world? And I saw and I was like, shit. <laughs> um and it was rough because cause Kobe, for me, when I was growing up and paying attention to basketball and stuff, Michael was kind of, I think Michael was like in his Wizards career at the time, roughly. Um, and like Kobe, Kobe and Allen Iverson were the two. So like Kobe was a huge part of, like my childhood as far as basketball goes. And so that one, that one hit me hard. And I know, I know some people are like, why y'all crying over celebrities, blah, blah, blah. And it's just like, like when they become a part of you and like, they're so inspirational. Cause I know two of my best friends, they're, they're twins. They look like idolize, love Kobe, Lakers favorite team, Kobe's favorite, you know, Kobe's their favorite player and stuff. You know, one of them got a tattoo of Kobe, you know, um, and it's interesting because like they went on to play, but we played basketball together and they went on to play basketball longer than I did. Um, I stopped playing basketball and then I uh, um, did concert band and marching band. I played the French horn when I was in high school, but they went on to continue to play basketball. And, and, 
and their mannerisms about it um, too. So it's almost like, obviously, you know, you're sad for, you know, Kobe's gone, one of the goats, especially, you know, um, his daughter with him. So you're sad for them, sad for the family. And I was like sad, you know, for my friends too. So I'm like, I knew how much they idolized him. Yeah, that was just a, a sad time too. Cause I remember I was, um, I was in New York cause I was going to a Royal Rumble watch party and, and it happened the day of the Royal Rumble, um, obviously. And um, I just, when we went to the watch party, there was a lot of people there just, you know, you could tell they just weren't fully into the show just because of, you know, the whole Kobe thing. And, you know, that definitely was, that definitely impacted me too. Cause he's like, I, I'm a nineties kid. You know, I grew up, I definitely loved Michael Jordan and all. I remember loving Space Jam and stuff like that. It was more so I loved Michael. It wasn't the fact that I really followed <laughs> basketball. Kobe actually got me being a fan of basketball when I was in, um, middle school and even when I did kind of start getting out of it I still followed Kobe's career like I was still getting on like the ESPN app or the website just to kind of see what the Lakers are doing because I always wanted to see what Kobe was doing and when he retired it just basketball I just I just did not follow it at all so it just like that was definitely you know it, it definitely impacted me when you know he had passed away and it's sad the way it happened to but it's just like at the end of the day, like I just I, I feel like he's you know definitely should be up there with the debate when it comes to like Michael Jordan and LeBron and who's the best just because you know Kobe he he was a beast and he won a lot of championships you know he was he did it with one team you know he never left the Lakers. Yeah, and like you have things like Mamba mentality, and you have think people saying you know they shoot a crumpled up piece of paper, Kobe. You yeah, know, like I do that there's still. things that are ingrained in us. Yeah, in us in society. Um, that it like is is Kobe, you know? And so not saying that Michael I mean you mentioned Space Jam or whatever. Not saying don't like, you know, they definitely are, you know, have their stamp, you know, on society as well. Um but I do think those three will kind of, you know, transcend basketball years, Roman Reigns, you know? So um, Becky Lynch, my favorite. But, um, <laughs> so you kind of have like your, your, your big dogs in, in every uh entertainment industry that kind of like transcend the industry that they got into in the first place just i mean you talk about the it factor you can talk about hustle you talk about work ethic you talk about a lot of those things a combination of the uh, a combination of those three or whatever i mean that's that's it that's the reason Exactly. And I couldn't agree more with you. Um, and it, and then you brought up the Kobe thing. I have to say that also reminds me of like everyone talks about like getting Moss, like because of Randy Moss, that just, that made me think of that as well. Like that, that's another, just you know, when you are that good at what you do, where people are re referencing it, you know, all the time, because how many people really say like LeBron or, you know, you know, so-and-so is Antonio Brown, you know, it's always Moss or, you know, Kobe, like, you know, yeah. So now, um, now for the next question. Um, so I know we talked a lot about basketball. Um, but other than basketball, what's something about yourself that you're proud of that's non-wrestling related that you would want fans to know? 
Um, so like I said, I played French horn when I was in high school. No, okay, when I was in middle school and high school. And, and so I started when I was in um, kind of like for like, I think you had like band, orchestra, what else? Just like, like shot, like homemaking, and I forgot. But anyways, um, everybody wanted to do band. And at the time, drumline, I think drumline had just can't come out, right? So everyone wanted to play drums. And my band director in middle school was like, no, no one else is playing drums. I don't need any more percussionists. Pick another instrument. And I was like, what am I going to do now? Because I was like, I was going to play the snare drum and everything. And I was just like, dude, I have no idea what I want to play. And my mom, uh, she played clarinet, bass clarinet, bassoon, and was a flat girl when she was in high school and I was like I don't want to play clarinet so she wanted me to play the clarinet and she still had hers and she was like it'd be cheaper like we can just get it refurbished blah 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 and I was like that has too many keys I don't want to play that and I was talking to my band and it was kind of coming down to the wire where I needed to pick something right and she was telling me that I could get a scholarship college if played born or the oboe while well, I was like, the O is a mini clarinet, so I'm not playing. Like, all right, well, I guess I'll just play the French horn, has three or four keys, whatever, fine. She did not tell me that the reason I could get a scholarship to college for playing French horn and oboe is because those are the two hardest instruments to learn how to play. So I was awful <laughs> when I was in sixth grade. Yeah. I couldn't hit that. Like I was getting the 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 hand placement and the fingerings right, but I was like I was not hitting the notes. I didn't get the concept of the fact that um, I had to fix my mouth a certain way to be able to play certain notes right. And one day, I think I was in seventh grade. One day, I had kind of like a harmony or with the clarinets. That's you know what's that called foreshadowing or whatever coming back around and um, a harmony with the clarinets and we were playing the same notes and I was like okay let's so I was listening to them and I was like okay I think I got it and from the and I was the only French horn player from six, my whole middle school career I was the only French horn player um, and it just clicked and my band director was like just flabbergasted so she recommended that I take private lessons. And so I, I took private French horn lessons from seventh grade, I think, at least until 11th grade, maybe my senior year of high school. I can't remember. But I took private horn lessons. And so I would um, audition for the all county and all district um, bands that, um, when it was time. And I like I was so used to like being the, being the best when I was the only French horn player because I would always get all these awards, right? The, like the best in, like instrumentalist or like the most improved or whatever. I would get them all the time. This sounds like a lot of bragging, but I would get all these awards and stuff in middle school. So I was like, I'm so good, blah, blah, blah. And I would go to these auditions and I'm like, seventh chair, eighth chair, what is this? Um, excuse me, like I'm eighth, I, there must be a mistake. <laughs> um, 
but it was so it was and it was a very it was very interesting time it was very humbling because here are all these other French horn players that I had no idea existed in the county Virginia whatever um that are way freaking good and here I am thinking that I'm something because A, I'm the only French horn player in the whole friggin' middle school. And B, like I'm getting that are comparing me to everyone else in my band class or all of band, um, you know, all of my grade or whatever. But then when I go outside of my bubble, okay, here are all these other people that are better than me. So I just got, just got my ass in gear you know, to practice and to, you know, just be better. Um, and I have been, I had, you know, I played sports since I was six years old and I'd always been, I'd been competitive since I was about 12 years old. Um, yeah, so like I wanted to go to Juilliard to play French horn. Um, I wanted to be in various bands. I wanted to be in drum corps. which I don't know if you know what that is. It's no clarinets, no saxophones, stuff like that. Um, yeah, it's just so you know, like a, a typical like marching band has like, you know, all the instruments, whatever, and you just march or whatever, which I was in marching band. Um, instead of playing the French horn, I played the mellophone, which is just an oversized trumpet, but sounds just like a French horn because it'd be weird to march with a French horn because of how it's shaped. So um, hence why the mellophone exists. But um so I did marching band in high school and stuff, but I wanted to be in drum corps, which is just, like I said, the just uh, percussion and uh, brass. And they would travel all over the country, and I think all over the world, just marching and doing these competitions and stuff. And that's what I wanted to do. Like, I would have to, like, go away to camp for however many weeks and, and stuff like that. And it would just be, like, hours, you know, a day, just, like, marching and playing your instrument and stuff. And, and I wanted to do that, but never got the chance to but yeah that's a little known fact about me i was a huge nerd <laughs> in 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 school yeah i had a friend who was in the band um i i don't know what instruments calls it. there's two metal things where you just literally just like bang it together um oh, the symbols the symbols yeah that's what it was yeah apparently like you kind of like you start out doing that and you move on to like other instruments he never did that he literally did the same thing from his freshman year the senior and everyone would like tease him about that because he's literally <laughs> doing the same thing for years but um yeah that like i could never really get into instruments i tried um piano in one of my classes and I, I could not do piano to save my life and um I did get a guitar when I was like around like 15 and I got okay at it but never good enough to like be in a band or anything like that I tried so hard I could never do the finger thing where you're just moving your fingers across and stuff like that I don't know how hard yeah it's it's so much harder like those guitars make it look so easy and I, I thought it would be easy but no it, it is really tough like when it comes to instruments you really need to put a lot of time and dedication to it in in the middle or high school i did not want to do that i wanted to play video games and all i would like practice for like 20 minutes and then you know but no it takes hours and i had a friend who was like really good at the guitar he would always be practicing like every day non-stop and he turned out to be pretty good but instruments just never were for me to be honest guitar yeah, yeah. too i started playing guitar when i was in seventh grade and so i would like go to guitar lessons and then go to uh, my private French horn lessons and then go to basketball practice and it was like I my poor mother like I'm an only child I ran 
<laughs> I ran her everywhere. Uh, she's great, though, for doing that for a lot of things. But um, yeah, I and I wanted to when I was in high school. I wanted to do amateur wrestling, but I was in band, and I knew that the all the sports coach sports coaches and my band director did not get along because they don't really like when you have to split your time after school for practices, which is understandable. So I was like, well, I'm gonna have to just stick with one. And it, you know, it just ended up being banned. So. Yeah. I mean, whatever, you know, interests you the most and all. And like the one satisfying thing I will say about it an instrument is when you like master a song it wasn't many songs that I could you know master but I I learned a few Blink-182 songs so their songs tended to be the easiest to learn and that was just such a great feeling like actually playing a song and I was like wow I'm doing it you know right yeah like play that one song over and over again like I did that yep I learned the um the solo to misery business from Paramore obviously and I was like that was like all I would play <laughs> and I'm sure yeah. my mom was like can she learn something else, please? Because this is tiresome. Yeah, I remember um, I learned the intro or the one main part to the song Damn It by Blink-182, and I would just constantly keep playing that song. That, it did sound, like, really cool. I was like, yeah, I'm doing it, you know. This is so <laughs> awesome. I'm a rock star. Yeah, rock So now for my final question that I have for you. So where do you want to be at the end of your wrestling career? Like, what is your, like, top – you know, goal for the business? Um, so obviously I would like to uh, go to either WWE or AEW, um, but obviously like WrestleMania is my goal, right? Um, like ideally, right, uh, wrestling Becky Lynch at WrestleMania for the Raw Women's title. That would be like, that, that would be it right there because Becky's my favorite um, in WWE. So, um, but overall, like I've, I've always gravitated towards coaching and, um, I, I was at a time, um, a strength and conditioning coach, um, and a personal trainer, group fitness instructor, all that. Um, so I got a bachelor's in exercise science from VCU. Um, so I ended up training people and, um, I played ultimate frisbee in, in high school and college and that's how I tore my ACL um but when I tore my ACL I kind of transitioned into a captain coaching role and same for basketball like my last two years playing basketball I was a team captain and when I was in high school and playing French horn there was four of us instead of one there's four like I ended up being like first chair and kind of like leading at least like my section or whatever as a section leader um, so I feel as though everything I've done with a passion, I've been able to do at the very least very well, because when I enjoy something and when I love something, I put my all into it. Um, so once my wrestling career is over, I would like to become a coach at, you know, at, um, ideally like the PC or the Nightmare Factory or something like that. Um, but after wrestling, I would also like to be an actress. So like um, kind of doing that. I always have like, I always have something going on, some type of venture that's just kind of like 
how how I've been since I've been like at least since I've been in college like I'm always you know I always have goals always trying to do something and better myself and and stuff like that I don't for me at least for me it's really hard for me to relate to uh, complacency or relate to people who don't have any goals um, I'm not talking down on them I just I, I can't relate like we're we're probably not going to see eye to eye as far as that goes. Like, I don't understand how there's nothing in this world that sets your soul on fire, that gives you that adrenaline rush that at least you enjoy doing and you want to do it for a job or something like that. So that's just never been something that I've been able to understand. Um, and that's just me. Like I said, I'm not talking down on people who don't have any goals or whatever. That's just not like yeah, because, I mean, everyone should have goals, you know, short-term and long-term. It's how you, you know, accomplish things and get, you know, to where you want to get in life. Um, you know, because, like, me, like, I'm, I'm, I've always been very goal-oriented, and I like to write down all my goals, too. And, you know, if I, you know, accomplish it, scratch it off, um, kind of like with my podcast, like, you know, I started out extremely small. I started out um, recording, just holding my phone up and just talking, you know, into the, the anchor app and, you know, I've grew it to what it is now. And I actually like, I think about like what, uh, where I want my show to be long-term and I would like the, to kind of turn it into like, maybe like starting my own wrestling promotion and call it like the O-Face wrestling, you know, stuff, something like that. Like, but it's, it, it's, it's good to have goals. I, you know, I, it, it is, it is hard to relate to people who don't cause you know, some people are very content with where they are and they just want to stay doing the same thing. I mean, that's fine, you know, um, but, you know, it's, it is really important. And I, and I do like your goals. Um, you know, you're shooting, you know, to, you know, WrestleMania, which is, you know, there's no stage bigger than WrestleMania, Becky Lynch, you know, and Becky Lynch is, you know, a perfect example. Anyone could do it. She started out, like, if you remember, she was doing that Irish gimmick, you know, in NXT, doing that little dance. And, and now she, you know, main event in WrestleMania, you know, Anything that happened in WWE, like the cool thing about them is they are signing a lot of indie wrestlers. They've been doing it throughout the last few years. And if you get in with WWE, that opens up the door for being an actress because, you know, you're starting to see a lot of their wrestlers playing in movies and TV shows now, too. So it like it really opens up the doors to other opportunities and also training, you know, like you could turn into a trainer at the performance center or, you know, just working with WWE alone can really help open up opportunities outside the business too, with when it comes to other wrestling promotions. So getting, getting that far, just, it really does a lot for your career um, at the end of the day. And I, and I definitely can see you there and I would definitely like to see that happen for you in the future. Oh, thank you. I would like to I didn't get into wrestling being an actress. I got into wrestling because I love wrestling. Like, I know, like, some people get into wrestling because they want to be models or actresses or whatever, which is fine. It's their prerogative. I'm not, they ain't got nothing to do with me. So I'm not going to, you know, be mad at them about it. But, again, I've loved wrestling since I was 12 years old. And I, since then, I've done things, whether consciously or subconsciously, to prepare myself to be a wrestler whether that was taking judo at VCU because I read that Lita took judo at VCU so I can like get some type of martial arts training or whatever, whether that's doing jujitsu now, you know, whether that's making sure that I've, you know, been in shape since like high school and stuff like that, whether that's lifting. Um, so there's been little things that I've done 
over the past 16 years to make sure that I got at least to where I am right now. And there's still going to be those little things that I'll do, you know, from now until, you know, I make it. Exactly. And um, like you mentioned, like, you know, your goal was to be a wrestler. Um, And we see that all the time where wrestlers, you know, they get into the business because they want to be a wrestler. And then, you know, these other opportunities happen, whether there's something that they wanted to do or not prior. Um, Because at the end of the day, you can't wrestle forever. You know, just, you know, your body won't allow. So it's good to have those plans for after wrestling, you know, and we've seen a lot of wrestlers transition to those kind of roles. You know, the rock is, you know, the best example out there you know he was the biggest thing in wrestling and now he's the biggest thing in Hollywood um you know the Bellas they've done a lot out you know after their um WWE career and then um even like Trish Stratus she started her own um yoga company and DDP did it too I mean it's always good having those after wrestling goals as well because you never know too like you're when your last match could be people have career and then end the reason every sport wrestling football baseball like it's always good to, you know, make sure you're set up for life after whatever career you're in, just, you know, because you never know. No, yeah. Yeah, and I mean, my wife and I have both have big goals and stuff like that for, you know, five years, ten years, two years, all that jazz. So, and we both make sacrifices, you know, to make it work. Um, so I've missed – birthdays and anniversaries and so you know stuff that you hear almost every wrestler say you know that they miss or whatever but it's just part of the territory it is you know that's the the appreciation i have for you know wrestlers because they do miss out a lot um it's very time consuming the training the working out staying in shape um the events especially like when you get into like wwe because you know they're wrestling 200 plus times a year and it's just crazy you don't realize how much they actually do people you know think oh all they do is what you see on tv but then there's a live events and then of course the training and behind the scenes stuff and also the wrestling is i i feel like it's more tougher than you know football and all because at least football and baseball they have their off seasons you know wrestling there is no such thing as an off season you know, so what you all do is just, it's just mind boggling and it's amazing that, you know, you all put your body through all that constantly throughout the year and all that. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's tough. My knees hate me right now, but, you know, it is what it is. I'm doing more yoga, so hopefully, hopefully my joints won't hate me so much in 10 years. Um, but, I mean, that's, man, that's uh, what, 20 22, 24 years of playing sports and not taking care of my body. So here we are at 28 with knee pain. <laughs> I, I feel you. I had, um, I hurt my knee when I was 15 playing baseball. And just ever since then on and off, I've been having issues. I've been having issues recently. I'm 31 and I have back issues. I have knee issues. And you know, I've been doing warehouse work for years and I, and I've been going to therapy. My therapist is like, you need to stretch. You need to do all these stretches that I keep giving you. And I'm just horrible at keeping up with it. But stretching is, low-key one of the most important things you need to do the you know to keep your body in good health because you know you put a lot of stress and all on your joints and all throughout the years and it's just like stretching is is it's key you know a lot of people don't realize it it's extremely important yeah you have to keep that mobility i look at my son all the time he can just pop down and squat no problem I got to get my stance right and then just kind of try to slowly. Yeah, he just popped down to a squat. So I'm like, 
I'm like, dude, keep that because at some point, like, if you don't, if you just do, do that. So I want him to be as healthy as possible. Yeah, it, it's best to start when you're young and, you know, take care of yourself then, you know, versus wait until you're older. That's one of the mistakes I've made. And I wish I could go back when I was younger. So I stopped drinking. I used to guzzle down sodas and eat junk food like crazy. And, you know, growing up, even when I played baseball, I really didn't stretch. Honestly, that's never been a thing with me. And it's like now I'm feeling it. And I, and I remember when I was younger seeing like my uncle like squat down and how much trouble he'd have getting up and that's me right now. If I'm laying on the floor watching TV, I have to do just kind of like circle thing when I'm like crawling up. It's like I feel like I'm an 80 year old sometimes, and it's it's horrible. <laughs> it's horrible. So anyone watching this, if you're teens, early 20s, take care of yourself now because Please, when you get yeah, older, yeah. it's tougher. Yeah, yeah. I'll be, I was dealing uh, with one of my friends this morning in jujitsu, um, or last night, and then I was live rolling this morning. And uh, she's like, uh, his guard's broken, pop up. And I'm like, girl, like, A, I'm tired. And B, like, my knees hurt right now. Like, I hear you and I feel his guard is broken. I feel it. And I'm just like, I just got to <laughs> rest right now, dude. I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm sorry. But, you know, so hopefully, you know, this, this yoga and everything will help and, uh, you know, my wife is a huge yogi, so she's super proud of me. We're on day two, so let's see how long I can keep this up two days in a row. I mean, two days is better than what I do. I literally, it, it, it's sad. I literally only do my stretches when I go to therapy, which is twice a week. And, and Come on. It, it, it's, it's just so hard to discipline, like, you know. You know what, it, I'm going to message you and just be like, exercises. That's it. That's all I'm going to say. I will appreciate that because I, I need the I need the motivation, you know, um, because I, I I just don't want to get, you know, into my 40s and barely be able to walk and stuff like that. There's been times where, like, I'm laying on the couch after a long day of work and my wife has to come and help me get off the couch. It's, it's that bad sometimes. So it's like, yeah, I need to get it now, you know. Yeah. So, uh, Jordan, um that wraps up this interview and it was it was really fun um i was i'm really happy to have you part of the, the o-face wrestling um interviews thank you so much again i appreciate it absolutely so do you want to let the listeners know uh, where to find you on social media yes um so you can find me on instagram and twitter at jordan underscore blade 92 all right make sure you follow her on instagram and twitter um all the links will be in the bio below, and also make sure you sub us on YouTube, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Just search O-Face Wrestling, and we'll, you know, we'll pop up. Thank you all for tuning in, and thank you again so much, Jordan, for joining us today on O-Face Wrestling. Thank you. Absolutely.